Could we see a reunion with Kellen Moore and Ezekiel Elliott? Could we see Brandon Staley reunite with John Johnson? Even after a week and a half of free agency, there are still a ton of Chargers connections still out there. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. We've been covering the Chargers together now for seven seasons, but this is our fifth season as a host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys, as always, for making us your first listen and to make sure you never miss the show. Subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. Dave, we have a big one today because we're talking about the free agencies pool now that we're, you know, a week and a half into free agency. And what we realize is there are a ton of Chargers connections still out there, including one that a lot of people are making, including the odds makers. Zeke Elliott to the Chargers doesn't make sense. Is he still good? Are there other running backs that could make sense for the Chargers? We'll also talk about what the receiver market looks like right now and also get into some defensive connections. Guys like John Johnson we've talked about many times is making a ton of sense. But maybe there's another former Rams safety that could make sense for the Chargers this year. And we'll also talk about some guys like Bobby Wagner. Is that still realistic? Shelby Harris, another guy that has Brandon Staley ties, as well as talking about the internal guys still out there. That can make a lot of sense from last year's team. But this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn today to get started. Ezekiel Elliott, David. Once upon a time, this is something that would... Have really excited me. And now it's at a point where the Cowboys have released Zeke. They're going with Tony Pollard on the franchise tag. And now the Chargers have the Cowboys' old offensive coordinator with Kellen Moore, who is very intimately familiar with Ezekiel Elliott's game. I know Chargers fans have been looking for a power back, quote unquote, right? A guy to pair with Austin Eckor. And now with the Austin Eckor situation, maybe even more than that. But what do you think, David? Does Ezekiel Elliott make sense? A lot of people are making the connection. Do you think it's right? I mean, hey, if you look at the entire body of work here for Zeke Elliott and you just kind of gloss over the cliff notes or the highlights of his stats, I mean, they they, they, they sound pretty good. Four 1,000-plus yard seasons, 68 touchdowns, 24 in the last two seasons, 4.4 average last year, uh, but, all, but excuse me. Last year was the first year where he had under four yards of carry at 3.8. And and I think that's the biggest, you know, the, the most telling situation here is the numbers were down dramatically last year. And so he had a year in 2017 where he played 10 games and went over 980 rushing yards. He played 15 games last season and only amassed 876 rushing yards. So I just think that this is a situation where Zeke, Got a ton of carries, just like Daniel kind of, you know, put that his motion up there. Got a ton of carries early on in his career, and I think those carries really started to wear on his body. And I just don't think he's anywhere close to the same level of running back or athlete that he used to be. And so, does it make sense to me? I'm going to say no. I get the connection. I I struggle with seeing it. I know a lot of people would be excited about it. I just don't see the same dude at this point. And I know the other thing last year is they used him in a ton of, you know, goal line. Yeah. Short yarded situations where, you know, if the if you can only gain one yard on a carry, that's yeah. going to be Vulture TDs, right? A yeah. little bit for sure. But, like, I just don't see the same player when I watch him. As a pass catcher, he's really, really come down to earth. 
yeah. after being decent early on in his career. And I just don't think he runs with the same kind of power that people maybe still associate him with. And I mean, I think just to prove that point, last year he averaged 2.74 yards after contact per attempt, right? Which is, hey, hard running. How much are you getting after the first guy hits you? Really what you would want him for, right? That ranked 30th out of 42 running backs in the league with at least 100 carries last year. Austin Eckler ranked 20th. Austin Eckler was better at, you know, taking contact and keeping going. And he's much than smaller. Ezekiel Elliott is, right? <laughs> it was at least last season. And, yeah. I mean, there's, you know, other years for sure that you could go to. And, I mean, everybody has a value. He's a very, very good pass protector, right? Yeah. But as far as the juice goes, if you want to go more to that, they do an elusiveness rating, right, on PFF, which, you know, it's very hard to gauge, obviously. But sure. when you rank 35th out of 42 running backs, that's not very good. Not very elusive no. at this point in his career. If they do get an emergency situation, David, I did think you brought up a familiar face that would make a lot of sense just potentially as a guy, hey, come work out, see if you can make something happen. Right. A familiar face by the name of Justin Jackson. And I think when we talk about the right situation or emergency situation is, hey, Austin Eckler's situation is still carrying out. He's not a member of your football team right now. You're not able to grab a running back in the draft that you like to add to this room. Because, I mean, you look at the room at, at you know as it's currently constructed right now without Eckler I mean it's, it's definitely very scary I mean you just have a lot of uncertainty there Josh Kelly had a resurgent year last year uh and you don't know what you have out of uh, with Isaiah Spiller there's just yeah. you know a lot of unknown he just didn't get a chance to show you so that's why hey bringing in Justin Jackson a guy who understands this system who has played in this system uh, with, with the Chargers, system, right? Played with yeah. the Chargers, different offense, so right, yeah. Played with the Chargers, excuse me. And I mean, hey, quietly averages four point nine yards per carry in his career. So I mean, very limited snaps, obviously, uh, for, for every year. He's, he hasn't amassed more than sixty eight rushes in his NFL career in any one season. Right. So not a lot of touches, but if you're calling on a guy in a pinch that you know has some elusiveness, has some some real some juice. I mean, yeah. Justin Jackson's not a bad option. I think the most comforting thing with Justin Jackson, and I know this may be a name, you know, Chargers fans, find somebody new. I get it. But there's not a lot out there. I don't want right. Leonard Fournette, right? There's a lot of bad players out there. Yeah. I'm just not interested in, right? But, like, he, this guy averaged 5.4 yards per carry in 2021. That's two yeah. years ago with the yep. Chargers. And that was under Joe Lombardi's scheme, right? Yep. So the dude, the biggest problem always was not being able to play. Last right. season he played 15 games. So I think yeah. that's definitely something that, you know, was going in the right direction for him for sure. And I also don't think the Chargers are going to sign a running back until after the draft, and it's going to yeah, depend same. on if they draft another one. Because if you draft another one, then you have four backs with Spiller and Josh Kelly, assuming that you're not trying to bring somebody in to potentially knock one of those guys off the roster. I'm not saying they shouldn't do that, but I think that's probably the most likely scenario at this point. There is another couple of, you know, players, David, that I think are out there and are really the only guys that I think would check certain boxes for the Chargers and free agency at wide receiver. When you're looking at the wide receiver landscape, it's pretty much barren at, you know, this yeah, stage of free agency. There's not a lot out there. The big names are usually older guys, right? And the Chargers would be looking for someone specifically to bring a certain skill set to the table. Two guys would do that speed wise. Robbie Anderson, chosen Robbie Anderson, I should say, right? I don't want chosen to Anderson. That. I believe it is. No, it's chosen Robbie Anderson. We went over this last time, David, try to remember <laughs> But not just him, DJ Shark is another guy that's still technically out there, right? He's had some visits and things, at least as far as us recording this podcast right now. Both those guys, four, three guys, both those guys down for different reasons. Robbie Anderson hasn't been good in two seasons, right? And then you have 
DJ Shark, who's always had the talent, both four three guys, but has been banged up a lot. Maybe some of the one of those guys is down to go like low enough for the Chargers to make sense. I just don't see it happening. And if it's not, you know, somebody that's bringing that skill set to the table, I don't see any kind of big name receiver happening at all. Yeah, I agree with that. I think when you're looking at DJ Shark, it's just a guy who's had a lot of lingering ankle injuries in particular that have really kind of limited his production the last several seasons. And I just feel like, you know, hey, if he's able to take this offseason, get his body right, really get back to 100%, he has that skill set that the Chargers are lacking. So that would make a lot of sense. I feel like that would be someone that would probably you know, take a chance on a little bit quicker than they would with chosen Robbie Anderson just because of the off field, you know, issues and the kind of the, 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 the things that we've heard with Robbie Anderson. Uh, that's, that's why the, the chargers probably wouldn't be interested in, in that type of a reunion. But I mean, yeah, the, the market, it's pretty barren as far as the wide receiver room is concerned. Yeah, and we were looking for offensive guys. The most likely offensive signing is going to be a big old offensive lineman more than likely for depth there. And that's kind of where it needs to be. I think receiver, running back, even tight end, you're probably going to see them draft that position. And if they don't get somebody in the draft, then they'll probably scour and see what's left in the market after that because they did make several key May signings last year like we talked about on yesterday's show. Bryce Callahan, Morgan Fox, Kyle Van Noy, all guys that signed Really, really late, but we've talked a ton about John Johnson reuniting with Brandon Staley and are absolutely in love with it. We want that to happen. Still think it's the most likely thing to happen. But what about another former Brandon Staley safety that's out there and could make a lot of sense? Taylor Rapp. We're going to talk about that and also maybe a reunion with Shelby Harris coming up after this. But I do need to tell you guys that the tournament is heating up right now. Coming back today with the craziest games, the craziest upsets, one of the best times of the year to be betting. And that's why you guys need to check out the number one sportsbook in America, FanDuel. Right now is a great time because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back. If your first bet doesn't win, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores to even threes drained. And it's such a good time, guys. And guess what? We know you're football fans. One of the things that makes other sports that aren't football great is having some action on it. And one of the best places to do that is with FanDuel because you can also get the same game parlay as well. Doing multiple bets on the same game, multiple props on the same game to multiply your winnings. So make sure you guys check it out and don't miss the chance to get that no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with Fanduel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. There's some more free agents out there, David, that I think are very, very interesting. And I want to start this defensive kind of side of things here with saying we've talked a lot about John Johnson. If that's the next, you know, defensive signing for the Chargers, we'll both be ecstatic with that. Yep. Sign me up. Definitely. I mean, I think we've made that very clear. It just seems like a perfect fit. That's something that I feel like should have already gotten done. I mean, who knows? He's probably weighing his options. He should have several of them. The price is going to keep going down. It is. Yeah. The more the more we wait, you know, the the price is going to go down. But I feel like, hey, you just got to look at all the other examples of all the guys that came back to Brandon Staley and had career or resurgent type years. And another guy that's out there that did play with Brandon Staley and is actually coming off a very good season, maybe his best season, is Taylor Rapp, who's a free agent from the Rams and still hasn't really seen a market develop for him at this point in the offseason. I'm not saying Taylor Rapp would be the guy to come in and necessarily just start for you next to Derwin James. Maybe he could get that. But, David, I mean, 
it's hard because you see so many Rams people saying like how bad Taylor Rapp is, but then you look at the numbers, you watch him play a little bit. It's not bad. Like he's a pretty solid player. Someone I think that would be worth at least throwing into that safety group. That's a very razor thin. I mean, you're talking about the his 2022 campaign. It was very, very good, especially if you if you look at the PFF numbers. An 82 defense grade, a 72.9 coverage grade, a 65.6 pass rush grade. I mean, those are all fantastic numbers. I mean, yeah, pass rating tackles. allowed like 85 or something like that. Pretty yeah, darn which, low, which yeah. is great. I mean, 89 tackles, only six missed tackles and that is a theme throughout his career he's a very solid very sure tackler he has a missed tackle percentage in his career of only 6.7 percent so he is very very sure when he is tackling if he he's not like the Chargers secondary needs (laughs) more tackling David I mean when you have as much tackling as the Chargers secondary does right I mean you don't you don't really need this Mm-hmm. Uh, of course not. Yeah, they've yeah. been phenomenal. Uh, duh, they have not. So, yeah, when you bring somebody Best. in that has this ability and it's not just a one-year thing, it's an entire career's worth of body of work to look at. Also, yeah. I liked he's allowed seven touchdowns, but he has nine interceptions in his career. So more interceptions than touchdowns allowed in his four-year NFL career. I really honestly looking at Taylor Rapp, I mean, he's not a guy that is going to give you, you know, the big sexy, you know, stat totals, but sure. a very solid football player that I would not be mad at if the Chargers brought into the building. Yeah, I think he'd be a very, very good special teams player, too. I, I sure. see, you know, this is someone that the Chargers, you know, could potentially have because of Brandon Staley. And I was trying to look it up. I think Brandon Staley maybe benched Taylor Rapp for 12 Burgess back in the day uh, when he was in 2020 with the Rams. I can't remember correctly, but there's obviously some connections there, right? Maybe there's a good relationship there. Brandon yep. Staley's defense is something that he's played in. So it's still a, you know, a connection that makes sense. And there obviously hasn't been too much of a market worth kicking the tires, in my opinion. You know, what's the worst that can happen? You have more depth at safety, which you have really none of right now. But there's another, you know, Denver Broncos, Brandon Staley connection that I saw out there. And a guy I've always been a big fan of in a division rival, and that is Shelby Harris. Yeah, I know you guys are familiar. You probably don't need me to kind of explain it to you, but Shelby Harris has you know ruined a lot of Chargers games. I think on the interior of the defensive line, and David he did play with Brandon Staley in 2019. He had six sacks in 2019 with Brandon Staley, and a guy here where you're hoping for a bounce back, right? Had a down season in a different defense with the Seattle Seahawks in 2022. But just in 2021, when he was with the Broncos, when he was with Fangio, he had a six sack season. So I think that's what you'd be betting on if you tried to kick the tires on this. Yeah, I mean, one of the kind of sneaky, better interior pass rush defensive linemen that's out there. I mean, he has three five plus sack seasons in his NFL career. He would be a veteran presence to bring into this defensive line group, which, you know, outside of Sebastian Joseph Day and Austin Johnson, there's really not a lot of that in that room. So that wouldn't be bad. Also, 44 tackles. He had two sacks and 28 pressures. So he wasn't really getting, you know, to the quarterback and finishing the job, but he was applying affecting pressure. It. Affecting uh, yeah, it, he so. was affecting the play. And, I mean, you always need guys that can affect the quarterback. It's the most important thing on the defensive side is disrupting that quarterback, making him speed up his game yeah. and make, make mistakes. And that is what Shelby Harris has proven to be able to do throughout his NFL career. And an older player, right? A guy that yeah. would be trying to recoup some of his value, sure. get back to the familiarity of a system. Or, hey, just try to win a ring, in. right? 
Sure. And I mean, it's been pretty durable as well, you know, so I think that's another, you know, feather in his cap. And I think a a reunion that would make a lot of sense because Austin Johnson and Teeter are both coming off very serious injuries. Brayden Vejoko, still a free agent at this point. So that room is actually really, really thin, even though you might not think of it. And this guy, I think, brings more pass rush upside than anyone not named Morgan Fox on this roster. So definitely makes a lot of sense to me. An older guy, right? But you'd be bringing him into a very specific, you know, situation where you're not likely to have to rely on him for, you know, a thousand snaps this upcoming season, right? You can keep him fresh and just have more talent in the interior there. So there's another guy that you brought up, though, David, an ageless wonder, another old divisional rival that you think potentially at a position kind of of need for the Chargers could make sense this year. Yeah, and that is Justin Houston. Obviously, I I know there's a lot of people out there, especially uh, during his Kansas City Chiefs days, that might not want to hear about this. But I still remember the video of him and Bosa, remember, after the game, working on their pass rush moves. I do. That's a classic. Definitely, And, and I think that's something that you will see in many NFL seasons to come. It's just one of those cool kind of moments. But... Ageless wonder because this guy had 11 sacks last season. He's 34 Crazy. years According old. To PFF, if you go to non-PFF, it's nine and a half. Right. So, but still, even then, yeah. nine and a half. I mean, at least eight sacks in five of his last six seasons. So he's still incredibly productive. It's, it's insane. And hey, this guy is going to be coming into the building to be one thing and that is a situational pass rusher you are going to put him in those situations to unleash him get after the quarterback and that is pretty much it you're not going to rely on him to do anything else but if he gets anywhere close to six or seven sacks and you bring him in his last contract was three and a half million if you bring him in around two two and a half whatever and you get anything over five sacks that is an absolute win I agree. I mean, it's crazy to think that he'd still be an option. I understand people that might roll their eyes at this at a 34-year-old dude. He's going to be 34 this season. Production is production. I don't know. if It's going to be interesting to see what he signs for because he signed that $3.5 million after a four-and-a-half sack season, right? I mean, right. pro football focus actually I think is better when they just do only full sacks, right? So, I mean, 11 yeah. is probably more close to how much he actually impacted things, right? If you're taking away the half sacks, you would have 11, right. according to them. It's crazy, man. You know, put up a good run defense grades as well. Yeah. I know. I mean, it's just he he's solid. He doesn't make a ton of tackles or anything at this point. But I I, I but wonder him what to. kind of role that he's going to want coming off a nine and a half sack season. That's the only yeah. thing is it's just so hard to say because he could be that Dwight Freeney type of player, right? That just comes in, he's that veteran guy and, you know, maybe would be willing to be in a kind of rotation like that with a good chance with some injury history to potentially be a little bit more than that. And obviously a great, great mentor if you do draft an edge rusher in the upcoming draft. Another guy to keep an eye on, Nick Kwiatkowski, old Chicago Bears linebacker that played with Brandon Staley, had his best season with him in 2017. Maybe this year's version of kind of Troy Reader, I would say. Just a guy that can get in there, potentially be solid if he has a good bounce back. Play some special teams for you. Yeah, yeah, and he barely, barely played last season. Was a non-factor in Atlanta. Never played good in Las Vegas. Never played good, really, since he left the Bears in that Vic Fangio system. So, really low-key guy to keep an eye on for depth, potentially, because that is a room that doesn't have a lot of NFL playing experience in it. But there are some guys that have a lot of experience in Brandon Staley's system, specifically, because we saw them on the team last year. Some very, very important players for the Chargers last year still sit in free agency. The price tag's probably going down. Does it make sense to have a reunion with guys like Kyle Van Noy, 
Bryce Callahan, Braden Fayoko, even Jalen Guyton. We're getting into that coming up after this. All right, David. Well, we know how big of an impact Tom Telesco's late signings were last year. Finding a way to bring in Morgan Fox and Bryce Callahan and Kyle Van Noy in May last year, all for $2 million or thereabouts or less. Knowing, especially in hindsight, what they did, right? Kyle Van Noy makes a lot of sense, though. I want to start with him. Yeah, Kyle Van Noy was a guy that really started off slow. I mean, I feel like it took some time for him to really kind of ingratiate himself in this Chargers defense, really get comfortable, and also, you know, just to start playing well. I mean, he was a guy that uh, other players said was kind of a leader of this defense, a vocal leader, but that didn't happen until the latter part of the season when he really started to turn it on and the stats started to show up to kind of back up that veteran presence. And then, of course, he, we all know how it finished, five sacks in the last five games. And, hey, honestly, for me, I want you to be pay, playing your best football when it matters the most, and that is at the end of the season when you are trying to get into the playoffs. That's what championship players do. That is what Kyle Van Noy was. I feel like it's still a guy that can come in and provide some solid pass rush, and like you like to say, Daniel, can be some very good Kenneth Murray insurance. And play the role they wanted him to play last year before he got kind of forced into action at edge rusher and being a full-time edge rusher for them. Not something they really had in the guards. He was eating into some of those Kenneth Murray snaps before. But, yeah, I mean, the learning curve is over. You get to skip that part of it, which is right. great for Kyle Vainoy. You get to yes. get the version, hopefully, that had five sacks in five straight games to end the season last year. That's super attractive with the caveat of also bringing in a young edge rusher and spending a, a, a pick. If you're going older Always. with your veteran – to trying to find someone who could realistically kind of be the replacement for Joey Bosa and Cleo Mack down the road. Yeah. One guy that also doesn't have to worry about the learning curve was a guy who picked it up right away, and that is Bryce Callahan. And for him, David, specifically, I think this is very, very dependent on the J.C. Jackson recovery timeline. I mean, I think that's yeah. probably what's going to have the most impact on if a reunion like this comes to, to fruition. Because, I mean, he just had his you know healthiest season, one of his best interception seasons last season with Brandon Staley. He was fantastic last year. I mean, I think there there's no other way to explain it. When you when you watched him, I mean, this was a guy that I feel like even Brandon Staley mentioned has never been about the talent uh, about this guy. He's always had the the ability to to stay with guys. He had what he called a big engine. You know, a, a pretty fast guy. I think this the translation to that. Um, but yeah, he played fantastic last year. I mean, a guy that really locked down that slot. Uh, you know, that slot corner position, and really, I mean, it, he was just super solid all season long. I really would love to bring Bryce Callahan back into the fold, but also I agree with you. I feel like, hey, they invested a lot of money into J.C. Jackson, and so they are going to probably have to wait and see how that you know timeline is going to unfold when he is slated to be able to come back. And, you know, I mean, hey, this is one of the more serious injuries that you could get in the NFL. So, they really need to make sure that they take their time with this recovery, that he's really 100% right. I mean, there's been some videos out there that he's been working his tail off. He's definitely rehabbing hard. He's rocking the Chargers gear, so that's good to hear. But, yeah, I feel like this is maybe a signing that might happen a little bit later on in yeah. free agency. But, Daniel, I wouldn't wouldn't hate it at all. He just did it so well last season. It would make sense. It depends how they feel about John Taylor, too, right? Sure. But, yeah. I mean, hey, also – Hat tip to, to J.C. Jackson because, I mean, the dude has been grinding ever since that injury. I mean, I know for us, 
we have to look at it in football terms and business terms, right? Yeah. What makes sense and what the Chargers need to do to be more competitive and have a deeper playoff run this season. And it's yeah. so hard to know what version of J.C. Jackson you're going to get. And you don't know what the fit's going to be like when he does come back just because of the very small sample size you saw from him in year one under Brandon Staley. Yeah. It's so hard, but man, it looks like that dude is doing everything he possibly can to get back on the field as soon as possible. It looks like he's making good progress, and obviously you're seeing just little snippets. Yeah. But credit to that dude, because, I mean, he definitely doesn't look like he's packing it up or thinks that that could be a career-ending injury at all, which for some people it has been. For him, it doesn't look like he's going to let that happen, and that would be great news for the Chargers. It's hard to factor in at this point. So let's get to a couple more guys here. Braden Fehoko, fan favorite, locked on Chargers favorite. Still out there, David, and, and for the same reasons we talked about Shelby Harris, right? He's not going to bring some pass rush, you know, for you. Not You can't really expect any from him. But at the same time, with you need bodies there. This dude has shown you he's a bona fide run stepper, right? This dude has shown you improvement over the last couple of seasons and proven that he belongs. Didn't get the $2.6 million tender. Still something that I think later on, depending on what that position group looks like in the next few weeks, could be a guy that reunites with him. The run stop percentage numbers for Braden Fehoko is are some of the best in, in the NFL. I mean, it's just point blank period when, when you're talking about that. So that's what he does. That's what you're going to bring him in to do. He is a guy that, uh, like I said before, is going to command those double teams, understands his role, knows his role very well, and executes that role very well. So, I mean, I just feel like this is a guy that you can bring into the fold at any point in time and know what you're going to get out of it. And that's just going to be a quality run stuffing defensive lineman. And the last guy here is Jalen Guyton, who I still think, even though we know there have been some frustrating times, I had my own frustration with just how he was being used last year by yeah. Joe Lombardi when he was, you know, in a meaningless game week three against the Jaguars in the fourth quarter, down by like 28 points and tears his ACL. 4-3 guy has a connection with Justin Herbert. I would like a Jalen Guyton signing. I think he should very much still be on the radar. I just don't think he should ever be back kind of as four, as wide receiver four with, you know, the top three guys the Chargers have right now. Jalen Guyton makes a ton of sense for me. But the biggest thing you need to learn from him from his injury last season is just the fact that as soon as he went down, you didn't have that at all in your position group anymore. One way to fix that, if you do draft a speedy receiver, Bring in Jalen Guyton for that kind of speed insurance, I think, makes too much sense if he's coming back from that ACL injury well. And I think that's what it's going to have to to be. You're going to have that's to wait and sure. see how he recovers from the ACL injury. If he comes back and he's 100%, definitely sign me up. We already know that there's a, a connection there between himself and quarterback Justin Herbert, and we know he has pure, real 4-3 speed. I mean, he does have that ability to stretch the field. And we also know, Daniel, like you just said, when there is no speed threat out there, that really changes the dynamic of the Chargers wide receiver room, makes it way more predictable. You know exactly how they're going to try to use the top two guys, and I think that makes them way less effective. So yeah. you have to bring in a speed threat in the draft, and I love to couple that with Jalen Guyton as well. I just feel like that's a much, much better way of setting up that room because you saw what it looked like last year, and you just cannot allow that to happen ever again. And he would probably just be incredibly cheap as well. I yeah, mean, absolutely, unfortunately yes. for him, like he, you know, hasn't made a ton so far as an undrafted free agent, had a chance last year to, you know, go into a contract year, but he only played in three games. So this yeah. year, I mean, you should be able to, you know, argue, hey, first of all, we can use you better than we did because we have Kellen yes. Moore now, right? Right. And, you know, we have these plans, whatever. Other thing is he has a lot of incentive to want to bounce back. 
play with still Justin young. Herbert. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Play with Justin Herbert, obviously. Mm-hmm. A very, very big key in that. I, I like the re-signing with those stipulations, right? Yes. It has to be kind of with those caveats for yeah. it to make sense to me. But still not an option I would poo-poo at at all. I wonder yeah. what Daniel Popper thinks of the Chargers free agency, though. I don't know why I thought mm-hmm. about that, but... It's because he's coming on tomorrow's show. One of the best guests, the guy who is batting a thousand when he comes on the Lockdown Chargers podcast, should be here tomorrow for our Friday show, guys. Make sure you are back here to that for that, and to make sure that you don't miss it, make sure you're subscribing or following for free to the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and listening wherever you get your podcast from. You can also find it all on our social media. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Talk Sports and David Drogmeyer on Twitter at Drotalk SD. You can also find the show's page at Lockdown LAC our Locked On Chargers Facebook page, and at Locked On Chargers on Instagram. If you guys want to get your voicemails in, we want to get some voicemails from you guys. Call on to 323-524-7924. Leave a 30-second question, and it's likely to get on the show. But thank you guys, as always, for making us your first listen today. If you need a second listen, there's a great new show for you guys, and it is the Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes. From free agency to the draft, salary cap management, and more, join the NFL experts Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino as they take you through what it's like to build a successful NFL franchise every Monday through Friday. You can find that show just like ours on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast from. But make sure you guys are setting your notifications and you're subscribing because tomorrow, Daniel Popper returns. So excited to talk to him about the Chargers offseason and the draft coming up and so much more. But until then, guys, take it easy and go Bolts.